Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... Well, it's our pleasure to talk to someone who has a whole row of books behind his head. Uh, since our listeners can't see that, I have to just say that I, I was just kind of squeezing my eyes to try and read all the different titles behind his head here. Um, so we'll call him KP, but tell people how to pronounce your name, actually. Yeah, uh, my name is uh, Katen Patel. And we are talking today about, let's see, kite fishing. Actually, does kite fishing exist? We're talking about kite fishing today, Randy. I don't know if that exists, but if it doesn't, it should. I think it, it's the new sport. I like it. So, and speaking of kite fishing, uh, it's a combination of two things. So, KP, um, what's a good uh, description of how you combine business and insight in your in your world? Business and insight, right? Great question. First of all, thank you, Kent and Randy, to have me on the show. Uh, looking forward to this exciting conversation. What I've realized is there are these three levels to the business. The first level is, as we have heard, working in the business, so to speak. Uh, we are just busy running the business. It's producing the income, but maybe not to the level we want. or doesn't give us the quality of life we want. Then the e-myth came which talks about let's work on the business, let's put processes and systems and scale. But I feel that's not the real solution either because even if you have all that, that is basically good upgrade, but ultimately your thoughts, emotions and actions control your business and how you view at it. So it's possible to have a successful business and not be happy, not be fulfilled. Not, not have the time freedom. So I've created the level number three. How do you work on yourself so not only you grow, but your businesses grow as well? And this is something I would call an insight versus information which you read, you feel good, but doesn't really make you see the business or life in a different way. So I can, I can grow really well um, if I sit in front of the TV all day. I just kind of eat a bunch of potato chips. I grow, as I know, it's a bad joke. Randy, <laughs> you, take me off this tack. I, I find this interesting. We talk all the time to our clients about how they have to get out of the day-to-day -day operations of their business and get onto the strategic side of it. Your insight's a little bit different, goes a little bit further. Obviously, there's multiple elements to success in business. There's strategy, there's execution, there's creativity, there's building teams, there's all sorts of things. Uh, one of the things that most people lack is, even if they have all those other skills, they, they lack capital to put it all together. Where does capital and the raising of capital fit into your thinking? 
Yeah. So as far as comes to real estate, I'm very savvy. I'm familiar with that piece when it comes to raising capital for other business. Uh, not necessarily my area of expertise, but at the same time, I do know some general points that apply there, right? So first would be developing a powerful story of why you're excited about the opportunity. Too many times investors are uh, talking about the actual opportunity, the returns and whatnot, which is important. But before you do that, you have to form that bond with your investors, they have to see you as a person. They have to trust you. They have to see why you're excited about what you're excited about, which is the piece that people just blaze through and something that I've done as well. Uh, but eventually I realized that 2021, everything's at your fingertips. Why would somebody invest with me versus someone else if opportunities are endless? Ultimately, they connect with you at some level you know, at a deeper level. So I would recommend that's piece number one. And then piece number two would be strategy. Do we, based on the business you're using, you know, does it make sense for you to do all this, have investor conversations or use some kind of broker dealer or capital raiser, so to speak, and they could take charge of all that and just, you know, take a percentage and kind of bring you that capital, so to speak, right? Yeah. So I would say those are two key things in the beginning. If we look at the property market here in Austin, which I'm a little bit familiar with, we're seeing a situation where all cash offers significantly 20, 30% above asking price are being made. And what is happening now is that people to actually have their offer to buy a property be accepted, they're including their story with the offer. So. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. telling the sellers all about the fact that they walked past the house every day on the day to, way to school and loved it then and knew the previous owners and on it goes. And story becomes the reason that they're able to have their offer even considered. So storytelling is super important. Businesses need to be able to tell their story. People need to tell their story. Um, Kent is a champion at this and looking at origin stories. And I've lost track of where I was going. I was going to ask a question, and it's gone. So, Ken, maybe you can save me here. I ask origin stories, red stories, blue stories, banana stories, apple stories. Uh, another bad joke. I'm, I'm just full of them right now. But in terms of investments, all that stuff is over my head. So, KP, explain to me what you do and how you got into it as if I was, a, I don't know, a 9 or 10-year-old. Well, um, originally I used to be a pharmacist and I just realized that I don't want to rely on a corporate giving me a check. Doesn't really align with my value and my value of freedom, creativity, time, how I want to spend, autonomy, all of those things are not being met. So I realized, let me go with real estate as my field of choice because real estate gives you that flexibility if you want to jump into it full time part time somewhere in between that right so did you were you just kind of stockpiling cash as a pharmacist so you were able to invest or how did that happen yeah great question unfortunately the very first deal i need to buy was a very small $106,000 house i only needed 25,000 which I didn't have. So I convinced two of my pharmacist friends to come with 8,000 each and my 20,000 problem became 8,000 problem. And now 
I had the choice to believe in limitation. I don't have the money. I don't know much about it, or believe in possibility. And I chose possibility. And what I did is I opened up a four hundred one k account with my employer, and they were doing one to one match. And I basically worked, you know, two months in a row, put all that money in, and I took that out as a loan. And that was the first eight thousand dollars to buy that property. And later on, I bought a business when I had no money, a working business with employees, using the same strategy of instead of focusing on limitations, focus on possibilities. So I did say nine or ten, right?、Uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is explain that it to is, a nine or ten. That is difficult. I, as an adult, <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, I, I love the idea of the hundred and six thousand dollar house. That that's a simple idea. So and and then going to two friends and and working together to make it happen. What what was that house all about? I mean,、um, describe the house itself. I'm curious. So it was just a small rental property where you just have one tenant, so to speak. And you're just getting some rental cash flow. And the important point to know is, it's not about how much you are going to make in that first investment or how small or big it is. Important point is starting it because if I hadn't done that, I would have never left the job as a pharmacist. I wouldn't have been a high performance coach. I wouldn't have the other things that come with it. But too many times. We think that that first investment or venture is everything, and it needs to be perfect or right. Otherwise, you know, nothing's gonna go. But in reality, it's just taking that action, getting some feedback, and now you use that to kind of scale or go towards where you need to go. When did you decide that you wished to be a pharmacist? I'm a little bit intrigued about that because people want to be doctors, they want to be nurses. Not many people think about being a pharmacist. Although my ex-wife always wanted to be a pharmacist, so she's kind of like you, I guess. <laughs> so I I grew up in India, and when I was growing up, I I was attached. You know, if I'm seeing someone sick or in in suffering,、uh, it it just attached me too much, right? And I'm like, what can be done about it? And I'm like. Being a healthcare professional, but I'm not the one to be close with, you know, less to speak, cutting open and blood and whatnot. And I realized that even patient care, what a doctor does, it's more involved. I like the science aspect a little bit more, you know, how the medicines work and things like that. So to me,、uh, that connected with me more versus being a doctor or a nurse or or something else. And I thought that would give me that. Uh, opportunity, so to speak, and、uh, that's how I, that idea got developed.、Uh, your parents in the medical field?、Uh, no, they are not. Are they in the property field? No, they are not. <laughs> What field are they in? <laughs> yeah, they. So my my family is in retail businesses,、uh, basically.、Ah, yeah. But I just I was very very lucky to be raised with a way of being a clean slate. And not, I didn't have to make choices just to kind of make sure you know my dad's happy, so to speak. And I feel a lot of times parents unconsciously project their lives and beliefs onto the onto their children to be a certain way, so they could be safe or secure, or that way they have a prestige in the community in certain cultures. But I'm extremely, extremely grateful to be free of all that, which which helped me a lot. So. So you have Aziz Ansari 
and uh, behind you, uh, his book, it just makes me think of all, you know, his comedy and his writing and the way you've been speaking. It's, it's such an interesting discussion about privilege and not privilege, international upbringing, Americans versus the world, India and its different, you know, uh, social systems and, and how they still sort of uh, permeate culture today. How does your mind, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, build a business that's all about helping people, just like pharmacy was. Starting out with that $106,000 house, now continuing on with your courses and yep. things to, to help people, and with your own personal brand of KP, Getan, uh, and like what you have that's special for the world. What's what's? How do you bring all that together and sort of legitimately go to your parents, your uh, your closest friends and say, I am helping the world and here's how. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question. So the first thing to know is that we just have this misconception that an idea or something comes up and uh, it's all clear and makes sense. But a lot of times things evolve. So for me, the first step was, yes, I could support people as a pharmacist, but there are so many other pharmacists that could do that. I have something more that I could stretch, I could grow and I could give. So I decided that to be real estate investment. I have a lot of doctors and dentists that are like, you are so right that we did this investment with you. And I told them it's never about making money. When you make that first investment, it's about overcoming fear. It's about doing something and stretching. That's the key. It's, it's not about this is making you 50% or 100%. So for me, the modality was impacting people, their thoughts and beliefs around money and investing and their emotions and bringing the change. And I was able to do that and I grew my business. And then one day I evolved into realizing why not help them with even a bigger thing instead of just real estate investing? Why not teach people how to understand their emotions and thoughts and beliefs. Because without that, we all have the potential to basically support other beings, live a life that we truly want to live, uh, you know, whatever it is for you. Uh, but unfortunately, there are thought patterns and emotions and things that are just programmed consciously or subconsciously, and they take your potential away. Uh, and then we go round and round. I've spent years and years going round and round. And then I was able to, you know, a lot of people are able to help me. Then I was able to go to events, stretch myself, experience things, you know, and then that was able to help me form these opinions and then now shift that business model. Okay. Okay. So, so I love that. Um, but then you started mentioning events. So there's, there's the Tony Robbins approach. There's the, Joe Schmo approach. There's all these different ways of looking at the world, but the way you talked about it is different and interesting to me. And I think a little bit different than what I'm hearing from them. What is it that makes you different? So forget the limiting beliefs, language, all that stuff. I'm really curious that from the neighborhood you grew up in, from the family that you grew up in, from the place that you live today, from the $106,000 house, I'm attracted to something here that's different? What is it about you that's different? That's a great question, but I feel it's just that it's hard to quantify these things, right? We all, all human beings have experiences and a lot of experiences we are able to grow from. And, you know, so how, would, not, your, how yeah. would your mom or your grandma describe you as being different? They would just say that it's just 
or something that I would say is just my ability to connect with people. And a lot of times, I don't, I don't think they would mom, get this. Yeah. But, but yeah, but at the core, let's let's say your mom is talking to her. Well, are you close with your mom or no? Yes, yes. Okay, so your mom's talking to her friend. Her friend is like, ah, oh, my kid, this and that. And your mom's like, well, my son, KP, he's he is what? How does she describe you when she's bragging to her friends? It'll be a huge disconnection versus the traditional because you know what? She's not, because it depends, right? If what my mom was uh, raised, born, just like me in India too, right? And she's not necessarily familiar with my work in that sense. Versus for somebody's mom, if they are really familiar with that, it's a different thing, especially, you know, English being second language and whatnot. So I would say it would be, wouldn't really make sense in, so in my so case. So what's her greatest, so I'm curious, now, now I'm really curious. So what's her greatest hope for you? Her greatest hope is just for me to be happy, just like any mom would want their uh, kid to be, right? Just have them to be happy and successful and be fulfilled, right? And would she say that you are happy now? Yeah, my son, he's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that, that fundamental connection to happiness being attainable and the lack of fear attached to investing, I've never seen that combination before. Maybe it's out there. Yep. Um, but I need a piece of that, right? So I've got my anxieties around money. So do most folks out there. So I, I do think there's something here. You're saying all the right things, but there's something deeper because the way you speak about it is different. So I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to kind of see where you go. Oh, yeah, I'm, I know that I lead, I let my curiosity lead me. That has been the thing because a lot of people ask me that, you know, from pharmacy to coaching to real estate, because I've realized there's a way of logic and ration and intellectual and analytical, which is great. But at certain point, you just can't rely on that. You have to learn how to tap into your intuition or spirituality. There is something bigger than me out there, without a doubt. And there is a greater plan. How do I fit in? My mind might not always have the answer for it. So I've learned to, you know, slowly and it might not make sense. And it is scary sometimes to be like, why am I letting things that are working perfectly from a business standpoint go to jump into the next level? But that is something that's needed for growth. And, you know, I, I'm just going to see how, how that all goes, right? So, so your, your parents are entrepreneurs you went into the health field and then you moved on from that to become an entrepreneur, which is quite a, a risky move for you from a career that pays well and is stable. How did your parents, did they encourage you to make that move or were they a little bit disappointed that you turned your back on stability? So they were fine. My dad has been fine regardless, not encouraging or discouraging. And that's what I absolutely love. It's just that, you know what? You sh should be your own man. If you fail, that's okay. I feel parents are so attached. They don't want their kids to see make a wrong decision and then they keep them in that net, right? Instead of that, let them experience something for themselves because then they could grow. Okay, that sounds to me like that's that's the difference. That's what we're we're looking at. You were encouraged to find your own way. You were encouraged to be yourself and to be true to yourself. Uh, a lot of parents tell their kids they can do anything they want, but that's not what they mean. Yeah, 
it sounds like your parents truly met that. Yeah, they they just basically they weren't expecting something from me in that sense that you need to be a a doctor or you need to make an X amount of money. It's just like you know, it's all irrelevant. Whatever's you are curious about, you're passionate, you are happy, you're growing like you do you basically, right? And we we are fine uh, instead of projecting our beliefs and expectations, right? You, I I like that. I love that you use that expression of the. I'm uh you be you, I'm a be me. Like the sort of young people have this great, very interesting way to express a whole lot of the world. So we try to keep these interviews short. I'm really curious how you're approaching sort of real estate investing differently. I see a couple of courses that you're launching. How are those different than the rest? What's your what's your target market? And you know, if they're listening today, um what are you offering? Yeah, so I don't, um, I don't have a video course or anything, but I do have a capital raising program. So th- this is for real estate entrepreneurs. They have figured out a strategy, a market, and they have proven it, but they don't know how to raise capital, so to speak, right? How to connect with more investors, build that brand. I help them in that way. That's one of my piece. The other side of my business are people who are professionals. They have never invested. They want to learn how to invest in apartments as a limited partner. I train them. I educate them, bring them the opportunities, invest alongside them. So that's that piece. And then the third piece is where one-on-one high-performance coaching, especially for folks who are already successful and they are scratching their head. I'm making all this money, but I don't really feel any different. I don't really feel that fulfillment or I'm feeling stuck or stagnated or I want to do something else. I don't know what where that clarity is, right? So I help one-on-one. It gives me more opportunity to dive deeper and just kind of transfer whatever I, I have learned, um, you know, from my businesses. And I've done over a dozen events all over the world in the personal development field. And I've synthesized that into some models that I'm working with these clients that eventually I could, you know, scale and things like that. So, And where can those folk meet you and connect with you? Yeah, so um, they could go on my website, katenpatel.com. That's K-E-T-A-N, Patel, P-A-T-E-L. And if someone really wants to take things to the next level, they are not sure what's holding them back, they could click take action and I could do a discovery session with them and we take a deep dive into their personal situation. I'm also active on uh, LinkedIn as well. And my website has information on that and other real estate YouTube videos and all that. So, Very cool. So thank you for talking to us, KP. We uh, really look forward to seeing where you go. Personally, I would love to see more of your story come through. I think um, I love hearing about that first house. I love hearing about, you know, I'd love seeing a lot more about where you grew up and how it balances with where you are today and the differences, similarities. I'd I'd love to see a lot more of that kind of come through as you sort of build and scale your business. Yeah. Thank. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And I agree with you uh, in incorporating more and more story. I wasn't doing that at all, but now because it's just very, very powerful. and, And that's what just gives all those insights from comparing the experiences and all that. So you can tell your mom she should be proud of you. So I'm sure she already knows. But yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much.
has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting, and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast, and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com, and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right. Take care. Have a good life. And we'll see you on the next one.